the Mora had started to feel like a friend to Oren and Arthur and Sniz. And they talked about all the different ways in which they had tried to split open the gold block, and how they couldn't. And they asked the Mora, do you know how to get rid of Mora gold? The thing is, the Mora couldn't really remember that clearly, what it was like being a Mora. Because when you're a Mora, you can't think for yourself. But the Mora was desperate to help. Take me back, it said. Take me and the golden block back and I will do what I can. If we can make this gold, then surely we can break it. Well, Orin and Arthur and Sneers weren't going to argue with that. And so Arthur ran upstairs and he got the gold block and brought it back down. He was going to hand it to the Mora, but he saw when he brought it out the look on the Mora's face. The Mora was trying not to look at the gold. Clearly, just looking at it and being near it brought up those feelings inside that the Mora didn't like anymore. I'll put it in a bag, said Arthur, and he ran and fetched a bag. And then the four of them left the Kinder Castle with the golden block in the bag and they headed up through the forest. As they walked, they could notice many a little creature poking its head out from its little hole in the tree, or from under its toadstool, or out the little windows of the forest people's houses. None of them remember seeing such an interesting creature as the now green-skinned Mora with its blue eyes. They could hear a twittering and a whispering as the creatures spoke to one another. What is it? Do you know? As Moraland was getting bigger every day, it didn't take long to get to the edge of Moraland. It didn't take long before they heard the churning and the whirring and the clunking and the crashing of the machines and the clunk, pick, clunk, pick of the pickaxes. As they made their way out of the tree line and to the edge of Moraland, the Mora gasped and fell to its knees. <laughs> Tell me this is not true. It said. Its eyes were filled with tears as it looked out and saw its people destroying everything. Where Plantaria once stood, a magnificent rainforest like no other was now black, charred stumps and billowing factories. <laughs> it was not a dream, said the borer. Orin and Arthur and Sneers didn't know what to do. They just sat there quietly as the Mora sobbed, looking at the utter destruction. The Mora began to pick up handfuls of charred rubble and run it through its fingers. It would look up to the space in front of it, where Plantaria used to be, and it would see the destruction, and then it would sob again. This went on for a long while, but then... There was a call of action in the Mora's heart, for it jumped up. Give me the block, it said. I will release this crystal if it's the last thing I do. You must stop us. You must stop my people. Arthur felt a lump in his throat. He reached into the bag and he passed the block of gold to the Mora. The Mora grabbed it and started to walk into Moraland. Wait for me here. I shall bring you the crystal, it said, and it walked down the hill. They could hear it sobbing for a long time as it got smaller and smaller, walking towards the factory, and they sat and they waited at the tree line. 
Hours passed, and still they waited, but the Mora had not returned yet. It started to get dark, and they wondered if something had happened. Surely it would not take that long to go into the factory and to remelt the gold, release the crystal and bring it back. As the first stars began to appear over Moraland, Orin and Arthur and Sneers knew there must be something wrong. They took the decision together to go into Moraland and see if they could find some answers. A Mora worksite never rests, and the three friends walked past the Mora that were still working well into the night. They walked through the soot and rubble, until finally they arrived back at the factory. I don't like this place, said Orin. Neither do I, said Sniz. Now that I know that the Mora used to think for themselves, the idea that they don't makes me feel all shivery inside. I know what you mean, said Arthur. It's so sad. They were going to call for the Mora, but then they realised they didn't even know its name. And so they decided that they were going to walk into the factory and see if they could see it inside. When they walked round to the front of the factory, just there in front of the door, they saw something that made their heart leap. There was a green glowing light there on the ground. It glowed lighter and brighter than they had remembered. Look, it's the green crystal, said Arthur. Our Morven did it. Oh, they got it out. Arthur rushed over to pick it up. Yeah, said Sniz. But where did they go? Why aren't they here? Oh, I don't know, said Arthur. I'm going to go and have a look. I'm coming with you, said Orin. Me too, said Sniz. Arthur picked up the crystal and he put it in his bag. They went into the Mora factory and walked up the big stairs. And they walked out onto the platform and there was that usual sight. The clunking and whirring and clunking and whirring of the factory. And all the workers busy, 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 busy. I don't know how we're going to find our friend, said Arthur. There's just so many of them and everything's moving all at once. Let's look from one side to the other, said Sniz. Look for any clues. They all scanned their eyes from one side of the room to the other slowly. And then Orin spotted something. <gasps> that one, he said. That one there. Look, look carefully. It has slightly green skin. You're right, said Arthur. I wonder what it's doing down there. We should sneak in and talk to it. It's clearly got some clever plan of how to stop the Mora, hasn't it? He said. They clambered down the ladder and ran across the factory floor to their friend. They tugged on its shoulder. Psst, said Oren. It's us. Why are you doing this? Have you got some sneaky plan? But the Mora turned its head, as though it didn't see them. Huh? It said, and its eyes were a cloudy yellow. 